Welcome to PreachingChrist.org, the preaching ministry of Father Patrick Malone, Vicar of Holy Cross Anglican Church in Milwaukee. If you have any questions about the Bible or the Christian life, contact us at Patrick at PreachingChrist.org. We are progressing our way through the epistle of the Ephesians. And this morning we are in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. If you have a pew Bible in front of you, or a Bible app, or an actual Bible, you know, leather-bound book with God's words in it, you can follow along. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of his calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, And one spirit, just as you were called in one hope, that belonging to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace has been given to each one of us according to the measure of of Christ's gift. Paul is making, you know, the epistles of Paul are are basically, uh, they have two major uh, purposes. He's trying to solve a problem or several problems that are taking place in the churches around the Mediterranean. uh, What we call Uh, Europe and Asia Minor. Uh, These churches were, you know, north of Jerusalem into Turkey and around into uh, Rome. And there may have been churches. He may have gone to Spain. We don't have a record of that, but there's some hints in Scripture that he may have gone as far as Spain in one of his churches. in one of his uh, missionary journeys. So Paul is always trying to solve a problem or multiple problems. You know, the church in Corinth uh, had multiple, multiple problems. Uh, a lot of time the problems were the Old Testament regulations and rules creeping back in and affixing themselves to the gospel that you have to do certain things in order to receive God's grace. And that salvation isn't by grace through faith, it's by uh, faith plus works. Uh, A lot of times the problems that he was trying to solve is uh, habitual sin going on within the church. That since grace is so free, why don't we just sin freely? Uh, I'm forgiven, 
God and me are good. We have a great relationship. He likes to forgive sin, and I just love to sin, and that's a great relationship. And so Paul is, all, is trying to uh, solve doctrinal errors, and he's trying to solve um, sins of the mind, the body, the spirit. But ultimately, every problem is a problem of theology. Every problem that we have is a problem of theology. And as Paul is progressing, he's getting to uh, some major points that are going to take place in chapter 5 and 6. And I hope we get to those uh, eventually before Advent. But as we look at the verses here, verses 1 through 3, uh, we find some interesting statements that I'd like to spend some time just thinking about them, little morsels to uh, chew on that I think will be very helpful to us. Notice what he says. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord. Now, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. He was in Rome. Uh, he's a Roman citizen. Uh, the conjecture is he, his father did something so magnanimous, so great, that this Jewish family was given Roman citizenship. Uh, You think President Trump is trying to make citizenship difficult. It was very difficult to become a citizen of Rome. You just weren't, if you were born in Rome, you just didn't become a citizen. You had to have land, you have to have money, you had to be able to to bring some type of benefit to uh, the Roman culture. And apparently Paul's father did something so great that this Jewish family was given citizenship. So Paul had all these rights that uh, other people, other Jews, other people living during this time didn't have. Yet Paul is in prison. He's in a Roman prison. And he's in prison because he's a troublemaker. He's in prison because he's stirring up and creating a group to follow this man who was crucified, named Jesus. And wherever he goes, there's always trouble that follows him. Paul's practice was to go into a city, like Ephesus, like Corinth, like Rome, find the Jewish synagogues, preach in those synagogues since he was a rabbi, And then show that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. And then when people would be intrigued, he would teach them more on the side. And the longer he stayed, the people who weren't interested got more angry and more angry and more angry. And he would finally be kicked out of the synagogue. And then he would go to the city markets and begin to preach. And then, horror of all horrors, he would allow Gentiles to come in to communion with Jews. Filthy people with clean people. You know, grubby people with the real holy people. And then the Pharisees, the non-converted Jews, would become even more angry at Paul. And many times they would call the city officials and Paul would be put into jail. Sometimes Paul would be stoned. 
He almost lost his life in, in Thessaloniki. Uh, he was stoned and he had to be uh, snuck out of town. So notice here, Paul isn't saying, I'm a prisoner of Caesar. He's not saying, I'm a prisoner of Rome. He's not saying, I'm a prisoner stuck in Rome. Who is he a prisoner of? He's a prisoner of the Lord. And what Paul is teaching us here in this very subtle way is that the troubles, the inconveniences, the place where we find ourselves many times isn't a random circumstance that's out of our control and that the civil government is the all-controlling power, that ultimately, if he's in prison in Rome, he is a prisoner there because the Lord wants him to be a prisoner there. And so here, Paul is teaching the sovereignty, the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ oversees the ins and outs of our lives. He oversees the days when we're healthy. He oversees the days when we're sick. He oversees the days when we're prosperous. He oversees the days when we're not. He oversees the days when we're free. And he oversees the days when we're in prison. The only reason he's in prison isn't because he called, caused trouble in Rome, is because the Lord Jesus wanted him there in prison. Now, why on earth? We live in a culture that tells us, either, either overtly by the TV evangelists or uh, subconsciously, that God is happy with you if you're prosperous. And what's wrong with me, O oh Lord, that I'm not making the amount of money I think I deserve? Why are you angry with me? Why don't I have the things that my friends have? Why are not I getting everything I deserve, O oh Lord? And so subconsciously we feel that if times are tough, God must be angry with me. And this little verse, this little phrase, I am a prisoner of the Lord, teaches the absolute contrary of that. Paul is in prison because Jesus wants him in prison. Now this is a little an aside, a little bit of conjecture. But when Rome sent missionaries to England in the late 300s, there were already Christians there. How did that happen? Most historians believe it happened because within the Roman military, there were already Christians in the military. And we know Rome wanted to conquer England. And so they sent Hadrian all the way up into England to conquer England. And with those troops came Christians within the military. 
And so many historians believe that the early Christians that found themselves in England were converted through the testimony of Roman soldiers. Well, how did they hear the gospel? Through guys like Paul, Christians in prison for the Lord. Notice he says, for the Lord. I am a prisoner for the Lord. Paul used his uncomfortable, solitary, imprisoned, shackled life as a springboard for the gospel. He wasn't a prisoner just by the Lord. He saw that his purpose was to be fulfilled even if he was in prison. He was a prisoner in Rome, not just because God allowed it, but because Jesus had a mission for him to do. He was there for Jesus. So as Paul is writing, he's writing them to say, I know what it's like to live in difficult circumstances. Paul knew what it was like to be stoned, almost to die, to have physical ailments, to feel of no effect, passed over. And notice what he says. Even in the midst of this terrible situation, here is what I want you to do. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, beseech beseech you, beg you to do what? It's not even stop complaining. Complaining is one of the worst sins that a Christian can commit. Because complaining says, God, I don't like how you're running things. God, you're not making my life the way I had planned it. Complaining says, you're inept. Your plan and my better plan aren't working out together. He's not even saying don't complain. He says that other way, other part, in other parts of the scripture. But here he's saying, don't even start, stop doing the negative things. I'm a prisoner, Lord, and I urge you to what? Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Even in the midst of the most terrible day of your life. Paul is urging the Christians in Ephesus and he's calling us as well. To live like godly, love-filled Christians. Now, the ancient world, they were walkers. They walked everywhere. If there was a road, they walked on it. They didn't get into a car. They didn't have an SUV. They didn't have four-wheelers. They did have boats, but they walked almost everywhere. And so walking was a common, common activity. And as they walked, they walked in a manner with some type of uh, posture, character, and Paul here is going to tell us what it means to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Notice what he says. 
with all humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Who wants to love when you're sitting in a Roman prison? This, it, the Roman prisons weren't like the big prison. If you go up towards Plover, up north, north of Madison, there's a huge prison there. It's not like that. These were dungeons filled with rats and mice. Talk about having a mold infestation. And Paul is saying, I want you to be patient and gentle, bearing with one another in love. Why? Because we are all in the exact place where Christ wants us. And we are to do this, always maintaining the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. This is how you grow a church. This is how you stay focused to your task and your mission. When things are rough, absolutely the worst day ever. We get up and we say, there are no accidents with God. Today is a day he wants me to live in a manner worthy of his calling, with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with the people around me with love. Now, I've been working on a character problem 15 or 20 years. And this is a a character issue that has been passed down successfully from one generation to another. And the problem goes something like this. You have some type of issue of customer service at Home Depot or Pick and Save, and things didn't go right, and you want the manager right now. Right now you want the manager. And you create a scene. And you want your rights. And eventually, if this happens often enough with a clerk or a person, they may lose their job. And this is not the testimony that God wants a pastor or priest to have. I realized one day when the clerk in front of me started crying because I was demanding my rights. Because things weren't going well for me that day. I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it. And I became so convicted many years ago that I said, I need to stop this. And this is exactly what Paul is talking about here. And I wasn't in a Roman prison. I was at a Home Depot in Maple Heights, Ohio, when this took place. You know, fat and happy, and in Ohio, the pierogi kingdom of the world. And what what the gospel, what Jesus was calling me to do, is to walk in the manner of my calling. It's called to be a clergyman, a priest, 
And I was not acting with all humility. I was far from being gentle. I was not patient. Bearing with one another in love, I was a bear, not bearing. And I could care less about the unity of the Spirit and bond of peace. And sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm less than successful. But this is what Christ is calling us to do. First, that there is no situation that is outside of his sovereign, loving, and authority. Secondly, he wants us to act like Christians all the time. And a Christian is a person of humility, of gentleness, of patience, and of love. Seeking to heal relationships, seeking to be a, pe- a person of peace, rather than demanding and being hurtful. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.